Hello, this is Gary Hetchens with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word for about 12 or 13 minutes each day, and thereby keep us focused in the Scriptures. You know, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we get together each day in these today's Bible class sessions, we are growing in our faith. But we're also keeping our focus on our spiritual lives, on a relationship with God, on our soul's salvation. And we're also equipping ourselves to be better able to handle whatever hits us from the world around us today. And boy, we get hit with a lot of things, don't we? Now, I can guarantee you almost without question, you know people in your lives who need to change their thinking, need to change their mindset, their focus, their direction in life. They need to start thinking about their spiritual lives, their soul's salvation, their relationship with God. Share these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But make up your mind to share, because you may help them turn their lives around. Literally, you may even help them get to heaven just by sharing. So share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. Make that commitment and start sharing these short studies with everybody you can. We started talking about a reality that is always there, always, every year, every decade, every generation, every century, every millennium. We're talking about the tragedy, the disaster, the sadness of almost being saved. Did you get that? Of almost being saved, but not quite. We talked about that 62-year-old miner whose car broke down in the Mojave Desert, and he began walking across the desert. He went 22 miles. The last two, he crawled before collapsing from thirst and exhaustion, and he died with his face in the sand just a half mile, just over the hill, away from Saratoga Springs. He almost made it to safety. We talked about that World War II soldier who had been fighting in World War II for four years, surviving horrific battles, and was there when the Allies won. He communicated with his mother, I'm coming home. And so he got all the way to the United States. He boarded a small plane in Dallas, Texas, and tragically, that plane crashed. He almost made it home, but he died before he got there. We remembered the space shuttle Columbia on February 1st, 2003, on its 28th mission, having been in space on that particular mission for 16 days, and it was just 16 minutes from landing when tragedy struck. A piece of foam insulation had broken off and damaged a wing, and the force and heat of re-entry into our atmosphere caused the Columbia to disintegrate and rain down in pieces over the states of Louisiana and Texas. Seven astronauts 
almost made it back home, but not quite. We read in Acts chapter 26, verses 24 through 29, about King Agrippa. As the Apostle Paul was given an audience, a hearing, so to speak, after he had been in custody by the Roman government, under the charge of Festus, the Roman governor, and before he would be sent to Rome to basically stand trial before Caesar, before Caesar himself. And Paul, in this audience, this hearing before Festus and Agrippa, he spoke about the gospel of Christ. He spoke about the Savior having been crucified on the cross and then put in the tomb and then raised from the dead. Well, the Roman governor Festus declared him insane. He said, you're mad. Your much learning has driven you mad. But Paul, steady on his feet and in his mind, simply stated, I am not mad. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from reason and truth. And he focused then directly on King Agrippa, who was a Jew himself. And he asked him, do you believe these things? The prophecies of the Savior throughout the Old Testament. And then he told Agrippa, I know that you believe. And Agrippa responded, almost you persuade me to become a Christian. Sadly, the scripture account never lets us know that Agrippa ever became altogether persuaded. Now, is this where you're at? There are a whole lot of people out there today who are almost persuaded to become a Christian. I can't tell you. I have no idea how many, but I'm sure it's thousands, if not tens of thousands or millions of people every year or two or three who die, never finally making the full commitment to come to their Lord for forgiveness and salvation, being baptized into him for the remission of their sins. Oh, they were almost persuaded, but never quite made the full commitment and never quite submitted their will to the Lord's will. Why? Would a person die only almost persuaded? Well, some people let pride stand in the way. You know, in Acts chapter 25 and verse 23, when Agrippa came to that hearing before the Roman governor, it says Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp or pageantry and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at Festus's command, Paul was brought in. Now, Festus was the Roman governor. Basically, he ruled over King Agrippa himself because Rome occupied that area. They allowed Agrippa to be the king, but it was only as long as he succumbed to or went along with the will of the Roman governor but Agrippa was afforded the, the respect, the honor of pageantry as he and his wife entered that auditorium. Pageantry. Oh, Agrippa, he held a position of respect, at least to a great degree. Here he experienced, and certainly that was not the only time, he and his 
wife experienced the setting, the atmosphere of pageantry at their presence? If he became a Christian, instead of just being almost persuaded, if he made up his mind to obey obey his Lord and become a Christian, might he have been concerned, afraid, that he might have had to have given up that position as king? That he might not have any longer been able to experience and enjoy the pageantry of his royal position as king? Interesting thought, isn't it? Perhaps he saw himself as the master of his own fate, as the captain of his own soul, who needed governing and forgiveness from nobody. A king bowing to a carpenter or being persuaded to change his life in such a fundamental way by a prisoner? Now, think about two basic reasons why people reject Jesus, even today. One, they don't think they need a Savior. Many consider themselves to be basically good. Oh, they've been deluded into thinking that by the devil, certainly, and probably by talking to peers and having their peers say, oh, yeah, you're a good person, you're a good man, you're a good woman. Maybe they have even been told that you're better than most people I know. Maybe they've come to think of themselves that way. And they find it hard to admit their sins, Repentance in their mind is unnecessary, and it certainly is not something that would be convenient for them. What will people think of me if I openly admit that I have been a sinner and I'm in need of forgiveness, and I'm not going to be involved in some of the things that I have been involved in on a common basis, the parties, the drinking, the alcohol, the drugs perhaps, the sexual immorality, the deceptions, the lies, the list could go on and on. But in their minds, they think they're basically good people. In John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43, we read this about some of those who heard Jesus. Nevertheless, even among them, or even among the rulers, many believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Maybe that's where Agrippa was. Maybe that's where you are or somebody you know. Maybe someone in your family. Maybe they don't want to give up their position and the respect that they believe they have from their peers. They don't want to give up their position in life by admitting they need forgiveness. 
and they need to change their life. They need to walk with the Savior, and that means giving up some things. And so they remain simply, at best, just almost persuaded to become a Christian. Oh, the tragedy of being almost persuaded, but nonetheless lost. Is that where you're at right now? Let's pray. Father, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your will. Thank you for giving us your word as a roadmap to lead us to heaven if we will be altogether persuaded to come to you through Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins and being baptized into him for the remission of our sins. Help us, Father, to not die just almost persuaded, but help us to altogether give our lives to you through Christ in obedience and faithfulness. Please, Father, we pray for your patience with us. We pray for your forgiveness. Hear our prayer, please. In Christ's name, amen.